Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you to listening to Sorry Mr. Call. This is Mark here. I am just sitting here excited to share a new episode with anyone out there that's listening to me and Garrett's conversations. God bless you. Amen. I hope God just pours a bounty of blessings upon you for listening to the wisdom Garrett and I, you know, just share with the world. Anyway, um, I know it's kind of our MO that we've been dropping an episode, you know, every three months or something. So it's kind of a mystery and maybe you can solve it. Um, and that's kind of what we get into today with talking about detective novels. Guys, I really hope you enjoy it. And please um, never forget to drop a line at sorrymistercall slash anchor.fm. All right. Enjoy the episode. Did you replay your water? Really? What? Did you really re- just refill, refill your water? Yeah, I just did it. Hey, Eric, what's up, man? Sorry, Mr. Call earlier. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, are we recording? We're, we are recording and we are Dogecoin live, baby. We are Mark and Gary here with your Dogecoin investment. Um, tracking wow. every second of this Dogecoin apocalypse, whatever's happening. The Dogecoin apocalypse is upon us, and I, I, okay, we are gonna see through every second of it. All right, I'm just gonna come clean. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come clean and just real quick. I just want everyone to know this. Like about two years ago, when I got the Robinhood app, I somehow stumbled upon Dogecoin, and I put in eighty-eight dollars. And now it's getting crazy right now. What is today? January 28th, um, 2021 in our Lord's year. Biden is president. And, and, yes, we're uh, in that timeline. <laughs> yeah, so if you're listening to this, in case you're like swapping wormholes. <laughs> Hopping yeah, through were, multiverses, you're in this one, the one where a senile man, <laughs> the most, the least compelling person in the history of the world, is our president right now. Oh my gosh! Hey man, he knows how to sign documents, bro. Man, he's been signing papers. Dude. Boom, putting the signature. Boom, putting the signature. Boom, putting the signature. Making, you know, making so, laws. What? When you got me into comic books you're like here's some good you know comic books to read and one was the new one was new 50 new 52 is dc right one was about it was a marvel one and anyways i could not get over the fact that how heavily the the plots of marvel movies depend on it's a bit over the top. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Well, you, you sound totally different. We're already recording, Mark. Why We're back to the. Oh, what are you doing? Well, no, I couldn't even hear you anyway. I couldn't hear you. Yeah, I mean, you sounded way better. Um, dude, whatever. speaking of comic books and the and our and our current poli- our current politics, man, I wish I remember his name, but there's this. It's called Transmetropolitan, and it's about this um, journalist named Spider Jerusalem. 
and it kind of predicts tweeting like this this story this this whole whole concept and story i think was written in the early 90s and, and mid 2000s and or before the 2000s and it like predicted tweeting like like live streaming tweeting it it it's pretty remarkable and in my opinion it, it predicted this current election as trump and biden um the the trump character spider jerusalem nick's name nick's name Nickname him? Nickname him? Nickname him? <laughs> you want to give someone a nickname, what do you say? Hey, man, I just nicknamed that guy, or I nicknamed that guy. What do you say? Oh, you nicknamed him. I nicknamed him. You nicknamed him. Wait. Dude, I don't think if, if you say nickname, You gave him the nickname. He, he, was, he was assigned the nickname. There you go. Thank you. He was assigned the nickname the Beast, and he was the Trump character, and he looked—he kind of looked like Donald Trump in the in the way they drew him. And then the president who wins the election is a Democrat, and he is a um, the, he 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 is assigned a nickname. He get nicknamed <laughs> um, Smiles or Smiley or Mister Smile or President Smile, something like that. And he's grinning all the time, and it looks like a young Biden. And I, I saw that when, when I read that comic book for the first time, the first arc of it is, is a very dramatic scene where the police beat up these, um, these, these protesters. And they're really not protesting. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, a, a small rebellion. A storm in the Capitol or something? Like that's all? <laughs> well, it was kind of like, but, but Spider, the, the character Spider Jerusalem, he starts live tweeting it but twitter's not invented yet like the internet's really not a social media thing yet but this guy came up with the concept and um and i wish i remember his name but when i heard andrew clavin say really good writers predict the future like in their stories they're telling what's going to happen next in our life um i was like dude whoever wrote trans metropolitan nailed it like that it's a I mean, that's not the that's not the comic book where they go to space. No, is it? No, no, no. That's President Forty Five. I think what you're talking about. Oh, the alien one. That's kind of a cool comic book. I only. It is a cool comic book. I only read the first artwork. I haven't. Welcome to Sorry, Mr. Fall, where Mark and Garrett just totally <laughs> Mark derails the train, and Garrett's like, "Let's go with it. Let's have fun." <laughs> <laughs> Right, so tonight, no, I but am, I want to. You were you were messing with your headphones. You missed the whole, all my comments about comic books. So you, I was you gave me some Marvel comic books to read, like like uh, newer versions of the Avengers, and I could not believe it was distracting how heavily the plots of these comic books are in using multiverse. It is obnoxious. Dude, like, what's the deal? It's not even just obnoxious; it's a scheme. Like, and they've gotten <laughs> good because not only do you have to follow the the multiverse pattern of the plot, it's in other comic books. You have to read other comic books. You have to read Guardians of the Galaxies to understand what's going on in Avengers. Then you have to read a, a Captain American arc, but it has to be this arc at this time, and then you have to read the. It's like. It's insanely fun, though. Like, dude. So I read the Thanos one that had to do with the multiverse, where he and the 1980s character, uh, um, yeah, 
Adam Warlord. 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 Yeah. The Warlock. Is that like a star in his eye? Warlock, yeah. Where there is basically they're just walking through outer space. They're just walking through these different places. And and but every scene that has Adam Warlock in it, he's in a different costume. Huh. So you know how like each different superhero has different iterations where they were just drawn a different way you know yeah and so like sometimes he'll have just the his blonde hair out and his star on his eye or something like that and then the next the next drawing of him will be him with a, the version of him that has like a helmet and a cape or something like that like you know like and then just flip-flops back and forth between those two and you're going why what am i experiencing right now like what's happening here and what happens is it turns out that they find their way into this little hallway, basically, where a bunch of multiverses collide and they come together. And so the two identical Thanoses and the two different warlocks meet each other and they all just start talking to each other. And so they're the two timelines that are almost identical to each other. Like the same things are happening all the way throughout, except warlock looks different like that's the only difference that's between the only them. difference yeah and it's just like that's the whole story you go wow that's but it, like there's a whole comic book just what? as a setup for some other thing that's going on like it's a what? setup for whatever thing else is planning well part of in my opinion part of a lot of the comic book um artists and writers they love to pay um they love to pay homage to the greats and so a lot of times if they could if if they have an opportunity to where they get to um almost do like their rendition of a Jack Kirby piece like like if they What was to, his biggest thing that he did? Uh, Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, I could be wrong in those. I could just be talking right on my butt mouth. And so <laughs> <laughs> he is, you definitely I mean you don't know yeah, many but, people's name for being a comic book person, but I think that many people would know the name Jack Kirby even if they don't yeah, know yeah, so, like, I yeah, recognize that name. A very recognizable um, comic artist name, comic book name, but he, you know, a lot of artists nowadays, like, they have so many capabilities and tools with the Photoshop and digital, like, everything. Like, it's, it's incredible. So, like, for them to to, um, to imitate anything Jack Kirby got to work on, it's like an honor to them. And so in order for them to do that, they have to do the multiverse plots because Uh they're able to pull from all of the old stuff. And, and, and a lot of times it's done really, really well. It's, it's fun fan service. It's freaking cool, man. Like, um, the one, like, like, it's really cool. It's, I, I loved it. Um, when I got into it, like, gosh, was it like seven years ago was when I, maybe eight years ago when I got into comic books for the first time and man, I just, I went off on it and with the whole idea, I think it's hilarious how like these people that own the comic book publishing, they just decide what flavor their comic book characters are going to be. And throughout the years, we've had different flavors of Batman, different flavors of Superman, Spider-Man, all like all of them, like different types of character, but it's the same person. And so So 
I heard an interview. I think Andrew Clavin interviewed the guy. But he was a comic book artist. And he, like, he did Green Lantern sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And he did uh, and he did Wolverine. And he had this scene he drew where Wolverine's leaning up against his car, smoking a cigarette. And then he throws it on the ground, stomps it out, and walks in the house to go kill all these guys. <laughs> and so... He gets brought in by the higher ups at Marvel, and they go, "You gotta take this. This is this is inappropriate to give to children." And they made him take the cigarette out of. Oh yeah. Of that scene. So like, yeah, please. He's still gonna go in that building and just slaughter a bunch of people with his claws that come out of his hands. But the the cigarette, come on. <laughs> by the yeah, way, man, I, I I already had I had a plan for for derailing the podcast that. And it just happened a different way. It, well, that's, I, I mean, honestly, we find a way to derail my plan to derail the podcast. That's okay, how non scheduled as we are. I will say, have this, you though, noticed? Okay, go ahead. No, you, I oh, like it when you. Are, is, it about, is, it about, <laughs> is it about comic books? I'm about to change subjects. I was going to change the subject, but I like it when you notice something. I want to notice what uh, you notice. Have you noticed how repetitive uh, Instagram has become? I see the same things over and over and yeah. over. Yeah. It feels like I've seen the whole internet. And I'm like, oh, oh I guess I could just I'm turn trapped, it off. Man. I'm trapped. If I see that one-legged runner or the one-legged elephant one more time, I'm going to flip out. Like, I don't want to see that. I didn't choose that ever. Like, I don't know why that is a part of my things now. I follow this guy. He, um... I think he's, I, I don't know where he's from, but he does an amazing, like, realistic pencil art, and he has no hands. <laughs> Wait, so why am I never getting to see that guy? Why am I getting all these repeats about, like, I, I'll watch, like, ribs and steak channels, and I'm like, how can, how is it that I recognize a cut of meat? It's like, I've met this meat before. <laughs> Yeah, I know this it's guy. a steak, and I go, Oh, I, I've actually seen it. I know this because I've seen it before. Oh, marble like that? I've seen okay. This guy has no clue about marbling. Yeah, it's the algorithm. You know, man. when the internet it, it used to be you'd have to be told about funny websites to go to, you know, like and someone would say, Oh, you gotta go to this website, and then you'd like you'd have to type it in and be like, Okay, I guess I'll go to this. And then one of them was like You've reached the end of the internet. You can now go outside. It's just like a it's just like a blank page saying you've now you've gotten to the bottom of the internet type thing. Yeah. But Instagram feels like I've literally gotten to the bottom of the internet. And I just just like, okay, this is boring now. It's do boring. You, do you remember the website? Oh my gosh. Not Tumblr, but you just click a button and it would just scramble and just find like a what was the name of that oh oh puzzle puzzle Buzz, uh, <laughs> if people could see gear right now no it was cool because you could tell you could say this is the kind of stuff i want and i put yeah. like photography and stuff on there you could find just legit photographers and they you'd never skip and, oh, to no it was um yeah, but that was an awesome website. Like that was that, that's what you had to do back in the Wild West, you know. Like, 
back when you didn't know if you'd have to put www dot or if you could just start just start with the other part you know what did it start with an s like shuffle or scramble no yeah it's yeah it did start with an s but it was um i don't i don't know i'm not gonna be uh, we'll, we'll remember it halfway through the podcast i know anyway but but yeah that was a cool yeah that that's how i think instagram should be like and you can kind of make instagram like that but i'm just kind of too lazy to figure it out but dude all right dogecoin report here we are 2021 oh. 2021 um january 28th in the lord's year and um Everything is black on my Dogecoin. Every everything's black. Uh, What's going what? on? Like nothing's loading. Uh oh. Dogecoin. It's at seven cents. What? Holy nothing. cow. Yeah. Okay. History. Oh. <laughs> I thought the app was saying this is his like this is historical history, but it was saying it was giving me the history of my market my market um buys and shares <laughs> you oh, are what dogecoin trades may not execute right now come on robin hood yeah they do that it's up to eight cents now what am i at i don't know man this is wild i can't even get into i can't even get into it i'm gonna well get... dude you you got it at a half a cent I cannot believe you didn't tell me about this back when it was a half a cent. I told everyone, and everyone made fun Except of me. Except me. No, Garrett, I'm pretty sure I told you. All right. What did you want to talk about today? Well, I would, what I was going to say is I feel like us talking about the comic books is actually probably a better segue into <laughs> what you called me about. Unless you really, if you want to get into the question you brought up earlier, which I think is a really funny question, and I also kind of okay. want to know. Actually, let's do it All because right. this might be a good a segment in our podcast where we reach out to our listeners and be like, hey, we have a question and we want responses back to. That's a good point. So if you follow us on anchor.fm, you get your own thing. It's just like a social media thing. You get it, you get your own account or whatever. You can make your own podcast. It'd be awesome. But you can also follow us and leave voicemails. Yeah. Or you can just text Mark. Yeah. Because wait, it's, the only his number is are people that personally know me and text me. So if you're someone in my life that knows me and texts me on the regular, <laughs> just please help me out. Okay. And you can make it on the podcast. So, <laughs> all right. This is something I was thinking because I'm now an adult. It's weird to think about being a man who's married and has four kids, and I still have to wake up at random times and go, "Oh, I'm an, I'm a full grown adult now." Yeah, like you think that's. I've had that feeling for so long that when I remind myself that I'm 34, I go, "Uh oh, I should have <laughs> done more." Yeah, dude, I was laying down in bed the other night, and my mind was like, "Mark, what's wrong with you? You're 32 years old. You're a pool tech. That's all you do. You just clean pools. That's all you do with your life." And I was like, "It's 12 o'clock at night. I need to wake up and clean pools in the morning. Just." shut it down think about something else like don't ask yourself this question just go to work <laughs> like go to sleep and go to work and like yeah okay so, so i'm at 
these people's house because I'm a pastor and and I'm also a friend. So one of the things you do as both a friend or a pastor is you have dinner at people's house. And um, okay, this is a... <laughs> so I'm at this couple's house and we're trying to just get to know each other and and we know them like we we're friendly with them. We talk back and forth to church and then. But then when you're at dinner and you go, you just start going, well, let me let me learn about you type thing. <laughs> and I was like, so how'd you guys meet? I haven't heard this story yet. And the husband goes, uh, tender. <laughs> <laughs> and my three kids at the time, my wife was so pregnant. Um, she go, they they just are like super quiet they're like the most polite kids i've ever seen i'm like i wish they could be making like some sort of thing but you could almost see it in my daughters like the two boys are just kind of like being quiet and good and that's awesome but my daughter was like looking at the couple and i could just tell she's going i'm almost certain my dad does not want me to listen to this conversation so i'm gonna listen as hard as i can <laughs> oh dude Anyways, and so <laughs> at some point when you, I'm at people's house, I don't know if other people just know this intuitively, but I don't. So this is my question. Who is in charge of when it's time to leave if I'm at someone else's house? Like, do I wait for them to say, well, you ate all our food. <laughs> it was fun <laughs> having you here. Or do uh, I go? We, we ran out of chocolate milk. Um, I guess we got to go get more, maybe. So we'll see you later. Or do I go, man, this is great. Thanks. And they're like, it's the middle of dinner. Like, we we're still going to do dessert or something. Like, <laughs> oh, I didn't know. How do, you, how do you know when to leave someone else's house, Mark? That's my question. Okay. First and foremost, in my opinion, and I'm guilty of this, whenever I invite someone over, I invite them over and say, hey, come at this time. But I never, and I have never given someone like, hey, come over. We're all hanging out from like 8 to 10. Like, I feel like a reason. Yeah, no one does that. Yeah, and maybe we should. Because it's my, if I'm inviting you to my place, I'm like, for example, whenever you, like, whenever we would take kids to like a trampoline park or roller rink or when we would do the, um, whatever it's called, the, any lock. sort of night out with the youth group. Yeah, yes. yeah. The you would get, we would always say, "Here's the timeline." Yeah, we would get the timeline, but not only would we get the timeline, but the people, the places that we're visiting, the bowling alley would say, "All right, you guys got um, from nine to ten these two lanes. You guys got from this time to this mm -hmm. time." This, you know what I'm saying? And like, we never do that as friends to people that we invite up. Like, it's a little. I don't know. Is that rude though? Like, is it rude to like, if, if I call you up, Hey, Garrett, call me, call me up and be like, Hey Mark, what are you doing? Ring, ring, ring. Hey Garrett, what's going on? Yeah. Garrett. I would never be like, Hey, you want to come over from eight to nine and be at my house from eight to nine o'clock tonight? No, Garrett. I was going to see if you want to come over to my house from eight to 10 and I mean eight to 10. Okay. Like that's the, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what that's what we're all. And I, I cannot emphasize enough. Ten 
o'clock. You're going to be here at 8, and we're going to do this until 10. So you remember on Meet the Parents with uh, the, uh, Robert De Niro? And yeah. he comes in one, the first day of vacation. He goes, all right, guys, I, I, here, here are your revised itineraries. <laughs> and that was like the big joke about how he's too organized or whatever. Mm-hmm. It would kind of be nice if I would get an itinerary that said, here's when I want you to show up. Here's the time we're just going to let our kids go to the upstairs playroom. We're going to eat at this time. And then you get to go home and live in some amount of silence and solitude after this time here. Like that would be kind of a, yeah, I would feel good about that. Like, but I, when, I'm, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm accused of not liking people. Well, it's a con. No, because it's not that I don't like these people. It's like, I like them. I like these people, but I know how I am when I like people and I am overbearing. I'm, I'm too much. And so I then feel like I'm a guest at their place. I'm being too much to them. And, and I don't know how to be polite enough to, to leave. And so, and dude, I... Speaking of being overbearing, we are clearing out our cupboards. And if you want your UCF mug, your tumbler that we borrowed when we left your house three years ago, you're going to have to come up to, to North <laughs> Carolina. I mean, the hills, the mountains of, of Colorado, the, the, uh, the indisclosed location that I live. I 100% think it's just a fair trade because remember when Sam lost... No, you're supposed to say, oh, that's a great reason for me to come up to... Oh, I'm just going to use an excuse not to travel. (laughs) Not to see you. I think I was... uh, I think I've been to your house twice. Yeah. Yeah, you have, actually. Um, But, dude... You've been to mine? None. Well, you were moving. Every time I thought about showing up somewhere, you were like, I'm moving this time. Every time time I thought about, I was going to call you and text you, and then you call me the day Okay, hey, I'm moving. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing I do. I just move a lot. That's my thing. So So to answer your question. At the end of the night, though, if I'm at someone's house, I literally can't tell if they want me to leave. I mean, I'll, I okay. Let me change it. It always feels like they want me to leave. <laughs> yeah. It feels like they're like yawning in my face to try to get me to go. And I'm going. Wait, is this my? Is it my responsibility to choose? You've been, you've been in charge of everything so far tonight. You've made the dinner. You've made the yeah. coffee. You made the dessert. You've even you did the invitation. You did all of it. How's? But this is now. But it's now my job to finesse the ending. Like I have to stick the landing to make this a perfect night for everybody. <laughs> you go. You, it's you like if it was tag team gymnastics, and it was Mark's job to run down the thing, to hop off the thing, push off the little metal thing, do all the tumbles in the air, and then he pauses and goes, "All right, Garrett, now you come in <laughs> mid flip, <laughs> and you land it." <laughs> I. People don't know this. That's a good idea. Tag team gymnastics. No, but you do kind of bring up a good point. Like, all right. All right. Here's some rules. Here are dining. These are dining party rules that Garrett and I are coming up with. Rule number or or scenario. I love making rules. Yeah. Scenario. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Scenario number one. If you are invited to a dinner party and the person who invites you does not give you, does not give you, and then time, you have 
You have every opportunity to end that night with a bang. And you can do it any way you want. If you're playing a board game, if you're playing a board game and you win, if you win that last, that, that Yahtzee, you get it, you leave. You right slide the board off the table and, and you just like, say, kids, get your coats. Like it's the end of a movie. Like it was just like this big epic Yahtzee bounce. You finally won and you're victorious and you just get out of there. And then, and then you just like, Yahtzee, baby, get your purse. Yeah, we're leaving. <laughs> like okay, okay. But rule 1B. Okay. 1A, subsection of rule one. I like right. that. But at any time, no, not at any time. If at the very moment they invite you, you have the wherewithal to counter by saying, we would love to come over. When would you like us to leave your house? Mm. Then the ball is now in their court to end the night. And if they, if they, say, and if they don't ever pick up on a cue, you just stay there. Okay, rule one A, <laughs> amendment A. If they <laughs> respond back with, uh, maybe we'll finish up around 10, try to haggle a little bit. Can we go to 10 15? You must try to extend it if they don't give an exact time. Yeah, if, if, if they just go, Oh, maybe 10-ish or around 10 on the clock or some, sometime around then. They'd be like, okay, well, then, oh then you have the ability to haggle with them. Like, okay, what if it's like 10.30-ish? And you have to keep up with the time until they say, okay, at exactly this time, you have to leave the house. <laughs> that is another, that's part of the rule one. Dude, this and is if good. this was part of human interactions, I would be good at them. Like, I would now know how to do an adult dinner at somebody's house if all yeah. these were laid out for me. We're definitely okay, did you have another some... idea for, for uh, ending the night? Did you have, or did you just have the one rule? Well, I just had that one rule just then and there, but I, I do think if so, you were... So we just came up with three rules, but we decided to make it one rule with two subsets. Hey, man, that's how government starts. <laughs> rule number one. Yeah. Make, make as many rules in rule number one. So now, one of the ways, what, now what? Now, if you are invited and they and they kind of have like a plan like, hey, dinner starting at six, we got play time for the kids, we got um, dessert after, and they start giving a schedule, you bring in your own schedule. <laughs> if, and only if they have a schedule, but they don't have an end time, you get to start bringing in own schedule stuff. Yeah, like if they're flagrant with how little they are prepared, like if they're if they're bragging about how they've not put any thought, they're like, "I'm just thinking we do X, Y, and Z." That's my window to show up with a sheet of paper and say, "Here's what I'm thinking. I had some great ideas for tonight." I have like, a whiteboard in the back. Of lady, the do you think you'll be able to have your dinner done by five forty-five? Because that's on my schedule. At five forty-five, it's trampoline time. We don't have a trampoline. <laughs> I don't. All right. Kids, yeah. grab your coats. We're leaving. I will say this, though. And um, bless her. God bless her. She is our first. She was our very first person to ever leave a voicemail. Miss Laura Temp, one of our best friends. She Woo. 
you know, we went on vacation with her and um, and, and her husband and uh, and her and um, my wife and our friend Dana. They are, like the three of them like planned the trip. And me and Laura's husband Jake, we just like kind of kept roasting them, making fun of it the whole time. I'm pretty sure I talked about this, but it was the it was one of the best vacations of my life because every single every single thing was detailed even to the point dude i'm not even making this up it was detailed to the point to where like dinner ended at this time nighttime walk at this time free time at this time and then we're on bed and then mark's telling the bedtime story i'm dead Wait, serious you're on the bed in the same room no we were in a like yurt. a dormitory so we're in a huh? yurt and we're all in separate rooms but the walls, a yurt a yurt y-u-r-t Pretty sure that's how you spell it. The Mongolian. So it's like a. It's the, it's the Mongolians nicknamed, like. Like I think it's like a Mongolian tent style. That's, oh. I think. So it's a it's a but it's a tent though. Yeah, it's like a tent, but then these are like modified cabin tents, and so like, we were at this place, and I would Ooh, just look at the inside. Look at that. I just made up a story. I would just make up a story. And it was fun. It, it was around the same time. It was okay. The so same there were summer. like walls, but in your yurt, dude. It was my. There were walls, but there was open. Like it didn't go all the way to the top, so yep. you could all hear each other. Yep, yep. So bathroom time experiences were a little odd, but you know, it was a year. <laughs> okay. But dude, okay. I'm telling you, man. Like <laughs> these girls had it all planned out, and it was like so much fun. Like, it, and it, that's the. The best way to experience anything, I think, is to have discipline with it. And like, right. Which, I mean, the the bigger our family gets, our family now has twelve nephews and nieces, and six people my age and two people my parents' age. <clears throat> so you know, it's just a huge group of people. You can't have a good vacation if there's not some sort of schedule. <laughs> like. Yeah, you have to be able to be like, and then when we do our like our family reunions, we're like our family of what is it, twenty people, goes with four other families out in Montana. Like, you have to have a schedule where it says, "Hey, here's Uncle Cam's doing hatchet throwing lessons on this time. If you want to <laughs> sign up for that, do it." Or and Aunt Kathy's teaching about how to bake a pie or whatever. If you want to do it, like, like you have to sort of offer like camp electives, otherwise it's not going to be a good vacation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, man. So, so what, where do we land? How do I know when to leave somebody's house? How do you honestly? Okay. All right. That, all right. We'd never even answer that question. I think, you know, you know, this is how you know when you should leave someone's house. These are some signs. If anyone, if the people who own the house, the people that invited you get in any type of argument, <laughs> well depending on what friend that is it'll happen the moment i get there <laughs> that is true like i'm gonna just like... leave the moment they start yelling at each other <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like basic friendship like oh yep they're mad at each other right now hey you know your wife's really messed up on her math equation behind you what do you mean she has five cents dot zero five. Yeah, that's one right. cent dot zero one. 
10 cents, dot, one zero, dollar, 100. No, there's a dot there. There is? Well, yeah, it needs to be more bold. Your kids, your kids can't see that. There's not a dot. Well, no, this is for There you. we go. No, this is for Doge. Oh, that's for you. This is, she goes, Mark, I don't think you understand what sense looks like. So this is what they are. And I go, okay. I, she was right. I, I, I kept telling Janelle, I was like, you know, it's half a, it's half a cent. It's half a cent. Oh, no. she, goes, she goes, Mark, that's five cents. And I go, oh. <laughs> Wait, Justin, this board was for you? Legit? Um, yeah. She wrote this down for me. She goes, she goes, hey, Mark, you're going to be in there podcasting with Garrett. You, I want you to make sure you're not going to goof around on this Dogecoin thing. Like, be smart about it. This is what, this is what's going on. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> So and then she wrote this. She wrote, hello, Garrett. Hey, Garrett. Well, yeah, I saw that. I thought, man, that's cool. She has a kid named Garrett in her class. Um, has she ever seen you write? We've talked about this on the podcast. Has she ever seen you write a certain number of dollars and put the dollar sign at the end of the dollar, <laughs> of the numbers? Dude, I have talked. I hate to- it when you do that. I, I reconsider being your friend every time I see you do that. Uh, I- Okay, because of this Dogecoin thing happened in the afternoon, I've talked to, I've texted one, two, three, four, five, six, or I've texted five other people that have asked me about the Dogecoin thing. And I've ended, every time I brought up a number, I've ended it with the dollars. <laughs> every time I did it, I did you rolling your eyes at me every freaking time i typed it today i was like garrett was not like that. you see me rolling my eyes from heaven because in my mind you're like garrett's my friend who died randomly <laughs> oh no no he's alive actually man why do i imagine him being in heaven right now why is garrett why was i never invited to the funeral <laughs> all right well that was well, use, that was useful okay no please people like, comment, subscribe, and leave a voicemail. And let me know how to know when to leave somebody's house. And with the, with the whole like, comment, no, with the follow us, subscribe to our podcast. I know people don't listen to it, will not listen to it every single episode. But if you don't subscribe, you're, we're never going to come across your radar ever again. So just subscribe. And if you're ever in the mood for and- topics like t- tag team gymnastics or Ending your, ending your dinner multiverse and you know comic books we're your people we're your people we're your peeps all right Garrett what'd you call me out earlier man sorry so me. did you listen to that podcast I sent you I did listen to it and I loved it you loved it okay first okay so I <laughs> you want so to my wife <clears throat> the podcast is called or do you have it on right there what's it called it's called um the literary podcast no, the Literary Life Podcast. The Literary Life Podcast. And it is with a lady named Cindy Rollins, who wrote a book, who's a big name in homeschooling. <clears throat> she homeschooled nine kids. And I think the other lady on the podcast is a homeschooler as well. And Angela. so, like, they're stay home. Huh? Her name's Angela? No, Angelina. Angelina, or maybe she just, that's it. Angelina. Yeah, because I was walking today, listening to it, I was like, 
Oh, it's like Angelina Ballerina. I can't believe Jeez. this lady's name is Angelina. That makes sense that they're like homeschool people because in the episode, I was like, I don't know. I'm just getting this vibe that they're, they're like super pro homeschoolers. And that's cool. Yeah. I like that. I'm getting that vibe. I'm cool with that. Well, that, but this is what's so fascinating about this. Like, any worldly view of this podcast, you would look at these women and you go, oh, they're just stay-at-home moms. Like, they're just little homeschooling women, <laughs> although they're probably 20 years, 30 years older than us. But, you know what I mean? Like, like this, the way our world sort of... <clears throat> puts people in hierarchies it's like career you, you women can chase a career just as well as a man can and blah 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 and, or it's the other direction like phds and education is going to get you all this sort of respect or whatever but then you listen to this podcast and you just hear these women talk and you see the kind of like utter intelligence that they've been able to like accumulate for themselves just yeah. by teaching their kids and and reading and just <laughs> spending a lifetime taking in good books and learning every opportunity they have right and you listen to this podcast you go these women are brilliant <laughs> like <laughs> dude they are brilliant when they gave their twitter handles out and they're like i'm what's her name chris what, I just cindy rollins christy rollins and Angelina, um, what's it called? Angelina something. Anyway, oh, Angelina Stetson, or I don't know. This is a podcast. Stanford. My wife yeah, so it's, too. So when they, yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were like college professors. Like when they go, when she said, "I'm Cindy Rollins," and and then I'm Angel Angelina Stanford. I was like, oh, these are their Twitter handles at the colleges they work at, Rollins College and Sanford. And they're like these brilliant, like, they're like the brilliant <laughs> girls of, like, of, 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 of literature, of, of like these top schools. And like, they're like the, not just brilliant girls, they're like the, they're like the, the bosses of it all. Like, they're, 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 the yeah, ones they're like deans stuff. of education or something like yeah, that. It's like, like, yeah. They're really like, their <laughs> breakdown of everything is, it was amazing, man. It was so cool. So they did this podcast called The Importance of the Detective Novel. <clears throat> and uh, this is one aspect. There's one quote in there I want to talk about on this podcast, but I want to do it after Mark has the opportunity to watch The Undoing on HBO. If you've not seen that movie, it's a, like a five-episode miniseries. It is very well done. It has gotten uh, low critic critic reviews because it's quote just white people problems in a mur murder mystery or whatever like it's like that's so but but it, the 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 way they've drawn out this thing is fascinating and I want you to watch it if you can get it and if not then there's no point in doing it's this again? But next What's week. The, the Undoing. The Undoing. It's got, who did I say? It's got Hugh Grant in it, who's a lot older than the last time you've seen him. And it's got, um, who is the wife of Tom Cruise? You told me, what was her name? Oh my gosh. Um, now I'm never. Stumbler? Stumbler was the, was the <laughs> website. Stumble Upon. Stumble, Stumble Upon. Upon. That's what it was. was the website. 
I told you we were going to do it halfway through. Okay. Now, in 20 Nicole minutes, Kidman. we'll remember Nicole this lady. Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Okay. And so, they're the two main oh, characters. And it, it is the kind of story that you don't see coming. And so, I hopefully, you'll be able to, to watch it. It does have – it's HBO, so it has nudity, <laughs> you know, right up front at the beginning there. I think but, I have HBO um, Max. So, is it going to give me extra nudity if I watch it with HBO Max? <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't have I don't have HBO. I uh, watched it over Christmas break at my father in law's house, so oh. he's the one that's going to be getting in trouble, not me. So, um, oh. but it's it's really good. I want to talk about. I want to, but if you've not seen it and you want to listen to our next podcast and not have any spoilers, you should watch it as well. We do this podcast fairly regularly, about once every nine months. <laughs> you have enough time. It is regular. That's about the that is about the time every single time. That's the regular yeah. schedule. It's the regular sketch. <laughs> you know, we we but, we just kind of wait. But like one quote from this podcast, one quote from this podcast, perfectly fit with that show, and I want you to watch it, and we can talk about it. And I want to do this. Yeah, and if, next week. If I can brag about you, Garrett, um, which I'm gonna do, and I know I know I get weird when I start bragging about people, but for those that don't know Garrett, when Garrett is looking at something and he's understanding something or when he's reading or whatever it is, like he he just like sees an insight in it that it it, it blows my mind, you know. And then sometimes like you know, you, you kind of question your own thoughts about whatever you're going through, your question, like, maybe this is what I should think about this. And, and then you realize, like, 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 you'll, like, sometimes you'll share something that you're reading. And it's exactly what I've been telling myself that I that I need to do. And it's just, I don't know, man, like, I've always said this, like, whenever I'm in a situation or when I'm viewing something or looking at something, I feel like I just, I see like one or two doors as an option. And whenever I see you handle a problem, I feel like you're looking at a hundred doors and you like, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a hundred ways to do this. And yeah. I'm just like, look at you and I'm like, how, like how, <laughs> like I would have never figured out any of that stuff. And, and so when Garrett, that's where the Garrett, term uh, paralysis from analysis comes from. Yeah. Wait, now there's a hundred doors to choose from? Piece of crap. Yeah, which is even funnier because it's like, I know we've talked about this before and you're like, yeah, it's not, like it's not the best way to have an inner monologue with yourself. <laughs> Especially when you talk slow. <laughs> but yeah, so whenever Garrett tells me like he wants to like, there's something in pop culture or something or book he's reading, like it, it's it's always something really good. So guys, like, please watch that show and listen to it and, and see what he has to say next week. I don't know. Something I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to. But, yeah, man, this podcast right. blew my mind. So the, it starts out each podcast from what, what I gather. I've only listened to this episode. Uh, it's, an, it's, a, it's a podcast my wife follows, but she told me it was good, and so I listened to it. And then I sent it to Mark, and I thought Mark was not going to like it. Like, this is what's so fascinating about this podcast. Mark's a person who listens to Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan, 
live uh, a comedy podcast where they're just riffing on stuff with people in the audience. Um, Alex Jones type stuff. No, 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 no! Don't say Alex Jones type <laughs> okay. stuff. Okay, okay. Let me just say this about say Alex, Alex Jones. Jones, Alex Jones. <laughs> it's, Everyone it's wants to make Alex Jones a joke, but he's been completely removed from the internet except through when he goes on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, I know. And the moment he's on the Joe Rogan podcast, everyone who goes, "Oh, Alex Jones is a giant joke," we're all going. I'll probably listen to that episode. Oh, <laughs> and we all do. It's like the it's the top it's the top listened to podcast for like Ooh. two or three weeks afterwards. Yeah. Like it's in the top ten. Because so many people are as as much as we all want to laugh at Alex Jones, we're all gonna go, You heard the Rogan with Alex Jones though, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I listen to politics and i listen to I'll, i will listen to joe rogan i will listen to these sorts of things but like well, time out i i listen to like this is the kind of what other part of yeah you, yeah but like that's the sort of stuff where and both of us don't we don't have identical podcasts like yeah, takes. Yeah. like we're not listening to identical po- episodes of podcasts all the time and then both of us listen to this homeschool basically podcast i guess it's i don't know if it's for homeschoolers or what but and we're both like, this podcast is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and, and I can tell you why. And the, So if you listen to this and you leave a comment and they, or they ever ask how you heard about it, say, the sorry I miss you phone call. Dude. Podcast. Okay. I almost, Garrett, I almost want to like be more committed to our podcast and get a following and get something going just to like interview them on our, like be like big enough to have them like be on our podcast. I'm serious. That I want to get to know. Them. I can't tell you how demoralizing that sentence was to me. Everybody <laughs> who listens, America, if you're listening, I want you to hear what my business partner just said to me. I almost want to take our podcast more seriously <laughs> to the next level. I just want to bring it to the next level, just to talk to these sweet women about books. Because, man, it was a really cool. Remember that time you texted me. That time you text me, you go, we're not business partners. We're a business partner. <laughs> you send me a gift for the guy, that, that the cowboy guy. <laughs> Which was a perfect play off of the Jay-Z, I'm not a business man, I'm a business man. Yeah, you're the one who told me about that Jay-Z quote. And then I was like, oh, so perfect. Yeah. Oh, Okay. So they start off with the, they both come with a quote that is applicable in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how this one was really applicable to the topic of detective novels, but they still, I don't know. We both found it interesting. So this is what Mark, he came back and said, this was the, you, did you find the whole quote or do you want me to read it from what I wrote? I have it. I, 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 yeah, okay. So read your, read your, read the quote. It's from C.S. Lewis and then. Tell okay, us so, what you thought was interesting about it. So, or where, what um, made your mind do? Yeah, and, and I, I think, Garrett, you should also tell, I, I think it's really neat because you and I shared this earlier, and, and I, I think people need to hear how both of us thought about this. So this is the quote. It's from C.S. Lewis. It's an essay, The World's Last Night, um, from Lil, Lilies That... Fester. That Fester. Lilies That Fester. Lilies That Fester. Those who read poetry to improve their minds will never improve their minds by reading poetry. For the true enjoyment 
must be spontaneous and compulsive and look to no remoter end. The muses will submit to no marriage of convenience. And as soon as, as soon as I heard that quote, I was like, huh, that's, that's Psalms and Proverbs right there. That's, that's how you're supposed to read Psalms and Proverbs. Right. And, and when they go on to talk about, when they, when they go on to talk about um, their, what, what they think about this and how you're like, yeah, just don't break it down. Like you just, you kind of have to love what you're doing and love what you're reading. And it will, it will tell you what it needs to tell you. It, it will, it will share with you what it needs to share with you. And I was like, yeah, again, that's Proverbs and Psalms. Like it, it says like, like in, in Proverbs, it, the, the, there's this section of Proverbs. It's, a, it's the 30 sayings of the wise. And it's, uh, I believe it starts in Proverbs 24. I could be wrong. Proverbs 24, Proverbs 22, verse 17. And it starts off with saying, just saying, memorize this, like memorize these sayings. And I was like, man, like that is exactly what, you know, you, you memorize these, these, these sayings out of the Bible because it will show and reveal to you when it needs to show and reveal to you. Mm. Yeah. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Right. Like, yeah, there's a long process of hiding God's word in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's interesting. Like, I'm a I'm a pastor, so I preach regularly, right? And I have and had I'm an ex pastor, and I clean pools, and you <laughs> cuss regularly, so that's <laughs> and and I've had a lot of songs. Like art, art means a lot to me, and so I've had a lot of songs that have lyrics that just can can speak a lot to me when I hear them, right? Like what this is talking about, and it's spontaneous, and it's and it's just whatever like you, you just hear it you go wow that's that's something too i almost this i was talking about um the encouragement of the gospel we're going through colossians I, and i wanted to i thought about using the kanye quote from his jesus lord Alan, that says use this gospel as protection because it's a hard road to heaven you know mm-hmm. and I, it was such a powerful line to me but i was like i can't i'm not going to quote kanye at church i'm just <laughs> Not that I don't think it's a Christian or whatever, but do I? Never mind, go on. No, yeah, I know, but like it was this last week or two weeks ago, but I was like, I'm not going to do it. But I do hear a lot of lyrics that I think, man, I could really, that's a great launching, launching, a launch pad for this topic or whatever. But I remember this time where I actually was actually reading through lyrics of a whole album trying to find something that i thought was interesting and nothing showed up like i had i like for this whole album or this whole like everything this art art, this songwriter wrote i was just reading all the lyrics trying to find something and and it proved c.s lewis's point he's like the muse is not gonna like just be some convenient thing for you where you just get on google and you find all the lyrics and you say go find the gold out there no like it's the thing that makes a, a lyric useful to you 
is the fact that you love that song and something was good, right? Like, yeah. You know, <clears throat> if you ever quote a hymn at church and you go, man, I want this, I want to share this with people. I was talking about this with our worship pastor. I was like, the great thing about the hymns is they have these clarifying lyrics, these verses that they say that just are, they really clarify some theological point that I couldn't just grasp on my own. I needed the song to kind of make it clear to me, you know? Um, yeah. And like, uh, well, can I give an example? Yeah. So what, what, what I think you're getting at, or are you getting at something like this? So they, they, in the podcast, they brought up um, beauty, truth, truth, beauty, and they said a, a third word. Yeah. And the, and, and then they, I know, yeah. And they responded back with like having like a um, like you 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 want the art to do something good to you, you know, you, you want it to be something good for you, and I think. I don't know where I heard this from, but a long time ago I heard this might have been when I was at um, in in college in, in in Oklahoma. One of the Bible professors said something like, "Good when 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 God says that this is good, and when He's creating the world, when He says good, He says that this is good." Actually, I think you said this to me. I could maybe you said this to me. If it's really smart, it was me. <laughs> it's. Something that is good is something that was designed to complete its task. Something that was designed to complete its mm. job. And I think with art and with these lyrics, they are designed to complete something. And and the muse or whatever you want to call it. And I, I kind of like that C.S. Lewis, like, you know, leans into this type of language of, of, of understanding what I think, in my opinion, what God is trying to reveal to you in those moments. And a great a great line that I think you're talking about, and I've actually seen you emotionally react to it, is the line like, and when I stood in that crowd, um, bum, 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 Right, oh yeah. And then I heard my mocking voice. Yeah. Joining among the scoffers or whatever. Yeah, right. And that, I heard my mocking voice among the scoffers and like, that is good not because it does something good for you it is good because it completed its task of conveying its point to you right yeah it clarified a theological reality to me i'm a sinner who needed a savior okay <laughs> yeah but what that song did was it clarified to me no 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 you're not just a sinner who needs a savior you are a person who would have stood there in a crowd of people mocking the greatest person the world had ever seen as he went to die for me. That's yeah. right. Like that's a, that's the level of, of, of maliciousness that is accompanied by our sins. Like when we go, man, I sinned against God. That's not just a, I did the wrong thing. That's a, spit in God's face type thing, <laughs> right? Like yeah. there's a reason why God had to die for your sins. 
Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, and, and, um, but, yeah, I think that's it. It is interesting that you brought up that song because that's the song that that's the song I would have I would have quoted if you asked me to. Another part of that song is it says, "Why should I gain from his reward?" Oh wow. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a. I think yeah, I think it's awesome that. But you. <clears throat> But I, 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 I want to say something real quick, and I think it's kind of crazy that you have a, a sailboat picture in the back on that wall there. And this is this is what I, love I think. this picture, by the way. I think this might be, uh, this might kind of, might maybe clarify what, what Garrett is saying. Like, in order for you, in order for you to, um, to, to have the best enjoyment of any type of art is to be like those wind sails have the sails open and let it catch the wind and that's it and and i think it's it's a very freeing for 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 me it's 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 very freeing like like it it allows me to express what i need to express or it, it allows me to um to kind of hold hold solid, I, I, I guess like have like something solid to hold on to. Like for for example, now this sounds crazy what I'm about to say, and I know it sounds crazy, 100%. I think it is crazy to say, but after before I heard this podcast, I've had this thought about poetry. My my dad loves to write poetry, and he actually wrote me a poem. Um, about a scenario that happened one night and it it made me tear up you know it was a good poem but um man I just lost my train of thought Garrett I'm sorry <laughs> that poem made you tear up again it just really made got me tear up again dang it I was on a roll and I just lost my mind oh man, man. This is a great time to talk about the fact that I've made up this point on this podcast before that ideas are not as powerful as we think they are. <laughs> Just one little misstep with words and you lose your track. Then you lose track. You're absolutely right. thought man. and you go, well, that idea is gone forever. We'll never. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. What, I, what I'm about to say sounds crazy. When you hear a poem or you hear something and it gives you something solid to hold on to, it it, it kind of, I, I think one of the reasons why it does it, and, and they even kind of talk about this with, with the detective novel itself. And by the way, we haven't even gotten into what they, what they talk about detective novels, and maybe we do it again. This is the first episode. nine seconds. Yeah, this is the first <laughs> nine seconds of the episode that we're blown away by, by the way. Like, it, it's blowing our mind. But poetry, I truly believe poetry is a form of coding for your brain. Just how you would code a computer, you would code commands in a computer. And it would have this, it would memorize the code and it would translate the code and it would imply the code and, or apply the code, not imply. <laughs> I'm implying what you coded and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's coding. It's <laughs> like these, and, and, and by the so, way- There's a meme that came out that there's a first, <laughs> The first female referee in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> she throws the flag. 
she throws the flag, head coach. Why? What happened? Her, she picks the flag. Never mind, nothing. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. She just never gives anybody penalties. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. That, that's but, what you mean by imply. The computer's like, I'm implying what you're trying to say here, and I don't like it. it we, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, but I think the, I, I, I think what I'm getting at is like, if something, if art is good, and if what is good is something that completes its task, that is code. Code is something that completes its task. And if we right. are meant to be like someone who who gets shaped in this life gets beaten down gets hurt gets back up thrives again gets hurt again thrives some more like if we go through these patterns of just like actually improving yourself it will have to be done with a code a code of honor a code of conduct a code of principle right a code right of ethics. you know yeah, um, Robert McKee, which I got his, I went and got his book, but it's across the room now. He wrote a book called Story, and it's about writing screenplays. He's like this, he's called the story guru. Like, he's a guy that has worked with, you know, a bunch of screen screenwriters who then went on to write screenplays for movies that won Oscars. So, like, <clears throat> he's like, you know, one of the things he says in his book is, when a good writer writes poorly, what they're doing is they're trying to, what you can, what they're typically doing when a good writer writes poorly is they're trying to make the point they're trying to get across the main point of the story instead of tell a good story. Like the whole point of a story is to tell a story, setting, plot, complication, resolution, ending, right? Like that's the that's the main point. And if there's a broader message, that's great. But the story should be a thing that makes people go, huh, I want to hear what this person's about to say. Like, that's, just, that's the whole point of a story. And if you allow the greater message of the story, like, whatever, this political party is good, this political party is bad. Like, that's your whole point. You can bet that screenplay, that, that writer is going to be writing poorly right? Because he's not actually accomplishing his task. He's doing something else. He's doing journalism or activism or whatever. Yeah. He's not is telling it, a story, though, right? Is that like, where on, like, too much on the nose comes from, that phrase? Is, that's too much on the nose? Yeah, like, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that is exactly where on the nose comes from. It's, you're not going, you're leaving nothing to be implied. You're just going, you're actually coming out and saying Republicans are bad. Like the first episode of Scandal that I ever saw. It was the only one I ever saw. Well, you, you know, know the whole episode was, it was just guns, rights, people are bad. Republicans are bad. You know, the whole thing. You know, I was like, wow, this is not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> At well, all. Well, and, and you bring up a good point. You know, the, the, the beautiful layer behind the story of Star Wars is, you know, George Lucas makes Star Wars. Everyone falls in love with it. And they don't start dissecting it. It's like, oh, do you think he's trying to say something about politics or, or some sort of activist scenario? Which, by the way, right. I will go down for the rest of my life that James Cameron and 
and Avatar is not a green activist movie. It is a good movie. It's not about green activism. And I will go to my grave thinking that. Cameron, I don't think it's a green activist movie. But back to my point. Anyway, I I think the the whole idea of having man, I just lost my train of thought again, Garrett. This is why we can't do podcasts this late because my brain just stops working. Dang it. That's a good point. What time is it? Holy cow. Okay. Yeah. We should kind of end it soon. But, man, stumble upon Nicole Kinman. What is, what, what okay. We- well, I want to tell you what I, I said. So, uh, what I thought was interesting was what she said that detective novels, like, came on the scene, like, right around World War I. Yeah. That's their point, like, and the whole world had all this optimism building up to the, the West is making all this great stuff, technology, all this whatever. And then they just turned it on each other and completely destroyed everything. They destroyed their cities, destroyed their countrysides. And, and she made a point, I don't know how to, I, I've never seen this, but she made the point that you can still see the destruction from World War I or World War II from space. Yeah, like in different parts of the world, there's still places where you can see the destruction that came from that time. And she likened it to Tower of Babel, like this is our moment to like make a name for ourselves, and it just came crumbling down, right? <laughs> um, which is interesting. Ben Shapiro makes the same point in his book, um, Right Side of History, but uh, and then this, the sort of we go from like a prim and proper group to like flappers in the 1920s, right? Like it's the, um, yeah. the Western world let go of things is the point she's making. Like we're, get, we're getting rid of, we're getting rid of form. We don't want to have this stuffy form of writing. We're going to be more freestyle or whatever. Like uh, we don't want to do the stuffy form of manners. We're going to be the flappers of the roaring twenties and, and whatever. But then on the scene comes this detective novel where it's all about form. And it's all about resolution. Like it's, it's we're not gonna, and it's utterly popular. It, like it, people are loving it in a world that's going well. Who really knows who's the good guy or the bad guy? On the scene comes this detective who is the good guy, and he goes and finds the person who committed the crime, and he brings that person justice. And if you ever read a, a detective novel that does not bring the person to justice then we're all angry because it yeah it hasn't and and they go and, and they make this amazing point they go it's basically it's almost always dealing with this community of people in this english countryside of this this village or this great mansion or whatever or on a train this this short-term community but this this community comes together and the crime happens and it breaks the community like sin right like it's this the beginning is this breaking of Eden moment and the detective comes in he solves the crime he solves the murder and it sort of reunites the community it it fixes the community that was previously broken it's like this it's this sort of human yearning for order and like justice and goodness to win even though we're like in our minds going no who really cares that's no that's that's old school. That's, you know, that's a shallow way of viewing the world or whatever. And I thought that is a really interesting thing. You know what I mean? Like, well, you brought the up detective something. novels. 
got popular in the face of what people thought they wanted you know yeah well you you know maybe poetry does you know going back to the poetry thing is like you know that's not the first time you've brought that up do you remember when we um we we got you we went on that double date to go see the the um the home alone movie home alone yeah and and how we were like the only young adults in there and the rest were young adults with children and we were the, like the only young adults on a date and everyone else was there with right. it was just and it was just the yeah. best way to experience a movie because anytime the bad guy got what was coming to him it would the roof would go off the place these kids would lose their minds they would cheer they would jump they would hoot they would laugh they would yeah. and, and it was awesome about that it that movie that now is literally the best way to watch a movie we're in the Lucas Theater. It's this historic theater in Savannah, Georgia, and it is gorgeous. Like, if you, you need to go there. The ceiling is just immaculate. It's just brilliant, beautiful stuff. And then it's a movie theater, so it's like a movie instead of what's well, not. It's a it's a theater, it's a stage play theater, but they're well, okay. showing movies. So it's, it's a beautiful play. It's better than watching a play. And then all these kids who had never seen Home Alone before. I just dying laughing, and no one was giggling more than me and Mark during that whole movie. I was oh, like, we I dying. haven't seen this movie in 20 years. I can't believe how funny this movie is. <laughs> and then we left the theater, and we were on our way to go to Leopold's ice cream, and you said, dude, isn't that crazy how, how even children understand what justice is? <laughs> right. And now All they know is there are these bad men who are trying to get a boy. And when a bar hits them on the head, they go, yeah. Yeah. And I think <laughs> I, I think the muse, you know, and uh, with the poetry, what I'm getting at is like, I think poetry and, and the muse and art, whatever you want to call it, I, I think, now, again, this might be crazy. I might sound like a crazy man, like the whole yeah. code thing, but I think poetry is, it's, and art is supposed to elicit the best form of who you were when you were a child. And mm. for example, the best form of who you were when a child, when it came to justice, was you knew deep down what was right, what was wrong. You just knew. Right. You just knew. And you knew. You had, like, you or at least it. you had some sense of it, right? Like you're yeah. just born with some sort of sense of it, even if you yeah. couldn't articulate it. And even if you tried to, it'd be poorly articulated. It may be even wrong, but you still have some sort of sense of like fairness is supposed to exist here, right? Yeah, like, fairness. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't like have three kids and give two of them a graham cracker and one not. Like that third kid's going to know instinctively that yeah. fairness is supposed to be playing out here, and it's not. Yeah, you know? but <clears throat> and we can end on this, but this might take a couple minutes. But they also told, just they mentioned that there this man named Ronald Knox came up with 10 rules of detective stories, oh, which yeah. I thought would be fun. And I Googled him and I found him and he's kind of an old guy. Apparently he's kind of old. So I found him on this pod, this blog. And he's like, he keeps apologizing to how like old timey they were and how they kind of may offend. And basically rule five is the one that he's offended by, but it's the one I don't understand. Come out. Come out so I was like, I'm going to. Is rule five. In every detective novel, the detective has to kind of, kind of slap a lady. Is that rule number five? <laughs> no, that okay. would be a hard-boiled 
hard-boiled detective novel from America. That's not that's not oh, what we're yeah, talking that's about. Right. That's right. That's right. They that's actually right. made a distinction. These people are good. These are the good guys. These They're are not the good detectives. kind of as bad as the you know the other people. These are the good guys. Um, but I thought it'd be fun to go through these. So let's let's look at them. And so number one for Knox's commandments for uh, writing detective novels, one. And these are actually really interesting. The criminal must be someone mentioned in the early part of the story, but not but must not be anyone whose thoughts the reader has ever been allowed to read or allowed to follow. Do not read my thoughts. Is isn't that a fascinating second part of that rule? Dude, it's like our rule, man. Rule one, if you get invited to a house. <laughs> See, he right, has a like, second part. He has a second part of his rule. That's smart. I like this guy already. All right. I, I texted you these so that you can read them. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. uh, go back and forth on them. Um, on, uh... Dude, thanks for writing <laughs> this up, man. This is cool. Um, but right, no, isn't that interesting, though? Like, so one of the rules for detective novels is you're not supposed to hear the thoughts. Like you're not ever here supposed to hear the narration of the, of the, of the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So like uh, Lee, um, who, Lee Child has a super popular writer. He has the Jack Reacher novels. There's a couple of movies from him from of him out now that Tom Cruise did. But one of his things is there's a narrator, there's a whole thing where you're following the bad guy. Same thing with James Patterson. Like there's a whole thing where you hear the narrations from the bad guy. Like that's not a detective novel, that's just a mystery, right? The detective novel is, you know, the bad guy is somewhere in the room. You gotta find him. Yeah. Uh, fascinating. All right. All right, Mark, read number two. Uh, rule number two for a really good detective novel: all supernatural or oh, what? Is it preternatural? What is that? Preternatural. I had to look, I'll look it up. My name's preternatural. I just every time I read this. My name's <laughs> preternatural, and I just won. I just won Daytona 500, and I just want to say in these hard, <laughs> troubling times of COVID-19, man, it's hot out here in Daytona. My name is... You are such a jerk. Okay. <laughs> Dang it. All right. Preternatural. I, I have to look at it every, every time. But just read the whole thing. <laughs> All supernatural or preternatural agency. Which means extraordinary. <laughs> beyond what is normal or natural. You don't natural. think it's okay. extraordinary that Peter Natural won the Daytona 500? <laughs> <laughs> Keep stopping right there. Read the rule. Okay. All supernatural or super really cool moments, agencies are ruled out as a matter of course. Of course. It's a Meaning there's no ghost. Like there's not a detective trying to solve like, is this house haunted or bro, something like bro. that? Can I can we just pause real quick? Did you did you see did you hear Andrew Claven's answer about ghosts the other day on his podcast? <laughs> Yeah, he's quite open about. Yeah, <clears throat> dude. Okay, so his thing is one of his things he likes to do is if he's at a dinner party and there's ever like more than like ten people there, he'll just drop open the question. He'll say, uh, "Have any of you guys ever seen a ghost?" 
Dude. And he says, he says he's never been, he's never had an entire room of people say no to that question. There's no, always been one person. One. Says, yes, I've seen a ghost. And so I'm doing barefoot comedy with Colin one night. And we're doing, so you know, we're doing barefoot comedy. So that the setup is. <coughs> Garrett is wearing shoes, by the way. He's wearing shoes while he's right. doing comedy. It's just, it's yeah. the brand, it's the name. It's just, the, yeah, Colin's not though. Who, by the way, has a gash <coughs> right over his eye. Because I think it's a longboard hit him. <clears throat> super close to his eye like it looks nasty on instagram anyways so the, the setup on, on barefoot comedy night is we do the show it's about an hour long 10 minute intermission that we do a live podcast and there's like a an auction for all these things that people donate like grills and you know whatever a really nice vodka whatever and that all the money that comes in that night goes to some charity for the week you know but we're doing the podcast part, and I just and one of the questions comes up, and I go, "You know what? Has it has anybody in this room ever seen a ghost?" Because I was just going to put Andrew Clavin's thing to the test, and a lady goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> "And that's the prettiest and, woman." <sighs> and I was like, "Dang, come it! I've never been nice on that thing either." Okay, so all right, <clears throat> all right next one. Let me read the next one, number three. So basically, that rule is, um, um, this is not science fiction. There's not going to be aliens. There's no no sort of answers like that. It has to be, basically, this is what we have to work with and find find out the killer. Number three, more than uh, not more than one secret room or passage is allowable. That's so unfair. But hidden in that rule is. One secret passage is allowable. That's pretty sweet, right? There's um okay. <clears throat> also, if anyone after they watch, what's the HBO show we that you're making us watch? The Lord Undoing. The Undoing. Okay, we'll watch the Undoing, then watch True Detective. The Undoing. The Undoing. The Undoing. The Undoing. <laughs> Dude, can you not? However, can you not sound like the um the guy from who dates Rachel? When you talk when you say that word the, from Friends. I sound like if there's a glitch of like Siri and she's like trying to figure out how to say someone's name, but you know, like she never says anyone's name. Like she says your name, Mark Andrews. Like, how is that? Certainly, someone in Silicon Valley Mm -hmm. has the name Andrews that we can, like, anyways. When, yeah. (sighs) Siri always ends your name with like enthusiasm. Like, why? It's Garrett. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming. Um, that if you're going to be writing a mystery novel or detective novel where there there's a, a secret passageway that has to be like made aware to people pretty quickly right Is I that- think I think there's two scenarios where you could use a secret passageway and both are for a climatic event the the first scenario the secret passageway leads to a clue or something to where they have a hard evidence to bring with them now, or the secret passageway leads them to the actual moment where they catch the bad guy. All right, what are, what are we on now? All right, what rule number four. Do? Why do I get all the hard words when I read the rule? <laughs> That's not even, no hero. All right, we'll switch. I'll, you do five, I'll do four. That's okay. No, I, I can't do five. <laughs> 
I'll do five. I'll do five. <laughs> okay. No hitherto undiscovered poisons may be used, nor any appliance which will need long scientific explanation at the end. So basically saying you can't be like, yeah, this person made a sort of poison that made their heart beat normally for six days after they died. Like, that's not a thing, right? Oh, it has <laughs> it, to be like a realistic... Right, like something that like you could say, here's what the science says. What you could actually go Google and put in the story, like here's what happens when you eat rat poison or whatever. Like you, well, could, that's, you know, that's part of the problem with um, story plots now, especially ones that are trying to use you know modern you know modern environments is is the problems of cell phone and the internet. There's too many things that the main character would be able to do with the cell phone or the internet but they conveniently try to loophole it out of the story because it would make the story so boring. Right. So, right. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one of those secrets about everything is like the detectives who looks, anyone who comes into a, a murder scenario goes, it was probably the spouse, 90%. <laughs> and if it wasn't, it's probably the second person I talked to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, they, <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Who who wrote these rules again? What's his name? <laughs> Ronald Knox. Ronald Knox. All right. So Ronald Knox on rule number five said, no China man must figure in <laughs> now here's the thing. No Chinamen are allowed no in the story. That's a rule. In a detective novel. And honestly, even if the detective novel is called Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. If it's dude, that's a good joke. <laughs> but I don't in that story, I don't think there is any China people. China people. Oh yeah. my gosh. China people. Which, no China so people. I read this blog. The guy goes, I'm gonna explain these rules in the next post because I know that I mean there's he gives more whatever. The guy wouldn't even talk about it. This is the most confusing one of them all. I don't know what he's trying to say. I, I don't know if what what does that have to do with a, a, det- a detective novel? I think obviously honestly, it's not man, just being racist. No, 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 dude. Have you ever hung out with the Chinese guy before? Yeah. Okay. They <laughs> solve every problem. Oh, <gasps> okay. They do. My Korean friend Hugh, who was a who came to my middle school. He, he came not knowing any English. So he could, he was abysmal at English. Couldn't do it at all. He used to take my math homework and do it for me because he actually understood it. Yeah. And so I think the idea of... What's this guy's name again? Carl Knox? Ronald Knox. Why is it every time you... No, I, yeah. So I think I think you're onto something. I think I looked up again because I actually googled what did he mean by no Chinaman, <laughs> which is a weird Google, but that's okay. Um, I think what he's saying is <laughs> what did he I mean think by my, I think he might be saying something like you can't have some sort of spectacular person show up who just knows all sorts of things, or maybe he's talking about like no no foreign person coming in. Like this, the 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 crime can't be like, yeah, we went through all these people, we thought it was this, but it turned out there was this actually this stranger walking by the window, and that was who shot him and left. 
right? Like, well, you that's gotta remember, not allowed. You know, the, it, you bring up a really, 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 really funny point. Um, <laughs> dude. I hope it's, I hope it lives up to how no, many reallys you put it, in there. It's, it's the same problem that a Korean guy named Bobby Lee, comedian, brought up about the game Red Dead Redemption 2. And what he brought up was this. He goes, he goes, it's my favorite game right now, but it really bothers me. And the guy on the podcast is like, why does it bother you, Bobby? And Bobby's like almost 50 years old, Bobby Lee comedian, crazy man. I think he's hilarious. I, and he's very honest, very vulnerable. And he's a very, you know, he wants people to, to have better lives. And, but anyway, he, um, <laughs> he brought up a good point. He goes, and listen, he goes, as a Korean guy, what's very unfortunate about this video game is it's, it's not realistic. It's not, these people, these, these Chinese people, the black people and the white people will not be this friendly at this time in America with each other. Right. Like, yeah, he's right. And he goes, it kind of just throws me off. And like, yeah, they, they do kind of show the interaction and in the characters of, you know, the tension and the, which is true that they, they do show it, but he, he made the point of like, it's too soft. You know, it's, it's, it's not as realistic as maybe it should have been. And I think, you know, at the this guy's writing the detective novels for people like in Victorian era times, like, yeah, some a guy from China would be a very it would stand out in the story. It, it would be like no different than like, you know, uh, Bigfoot was in the story. Like it would just it, it tells you, you know, <laughs> right. You know, it, it, it's like Dracula period, has yeah. Dracula. I read Dracula last year. Or this racist, has, and we're gonna get canceled, and we're never gonna have a career in comedy, and we're never gonna be able to do hey, anything. We're gonna be on a list. Hey, you can't be canceled if no one listens to your show. Yeah, well, maybe Laura Temp might cancel us. <laughs> Who's that? The first person who left a voicemail. Oh, that's okay. But unsubscribe. But yeah. Oh, no, don't. Hit that maybe okay, he was, so I don't really know what that is. So if you're writing a, just just play it safe. Yeah. If you're writing a detective novel, strictly white people in the room, don't. Well, no, 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 no. It could be you no can have China a guy from Brazil there. You can have a guy from Ethiopia there. You can have a guy from Germany, a guy from the Bahamas. You can have, but he can't be from China. Okay, that I mean, yeah, agreed. All right, is it my turn? Yeah. No accident. Number six. No accident must ever help the detective. Nor must he have an unaccountable intuition, which proves to be right. This is a good rule. I like this rule. This rule is saying you can't have him like um, say, I would bet that he was poisoned by, by the rat poison or whatever. And then he goes and he gets, um, you know, his blood tested or whatever. And it, the blood test comes back and says, "No, he was not poisoned." But what is, but what is revealed in the blood test is the fact that he had super high alcohol content or whatever, right? Or blood content, right? Which meant he would drink a lot. And so there's one person known for drinking a lot, like whatever, like that sort of accident is not allowed, you know. Nor is he allowed to just be like, "I bet it's that person. I bet it's a chef." Ah, I, just, I don't have any proof to it, but I just bet the chef is it. And well, it turns out to the, be the chef. The like, that's not allowed. One of the girls in the podcast, I think it was Angelina, brought it up. She goes, you know, there's, you know, Sherlock Holmes shows are, you know, they're supposed to 
you know, he's the detective, but every once in a while you'll see a show or a story where he picks up a piece of paper, reads it just himself, and he puts it in his pocket, and yeah. no one knows what it says, and then he figures it out at the end, and like, how'd you know? And he goes, well, that piece of paper told me. <laughs> right, she goes, well, yeah, if I had that piece of paper, I would have known that too, yeah. yeah. That was an interesting point. Go listen to podcasts, people, it's really good. All right, you're the next one, Mark. All right, rule number seven. The detective must not himself commit the crime. Duh. We can rule one person out of the crime altogether. That's me. That's I all these sub rules are me. So uh, just wanted to remember I wanted yeah, to make comment. Yeah. I kind of figured that. I was like, either this blogger is like super self-congratulatory <laughs> or Garrett has commented on this guy's <laughs> But you know, you 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 read the, these mysteries and you go, okay, I feel like you're like it. You can't really know now, even if you feel like there's, it's almost certain it's not that person. Can't, can't be that person. Well, according to this, you can rule at least one person out. That's nice. You're, you're well on your way to, to ruling out all the rest of the people except the murderer. Um, number eight, the detective must not light on any clues which are not instantly produced from the inspection of the reader. So, I guess on um, that paper. I guess that's the same scenario I just brought up with the paper he found, puts it in his pocket. I guess that's the same rule. Right, yeah, or something like um, something like uh, you do all the interviews and, um, and and then at the end, the big reveal has this sort of but what you never told anyone and I found out because I was you know, whatever it is, you two are actually having an affair. Like, that has to come out at some point. You can't, like, like that can't be, like, some secret thing, because that's obviously motive, right? There's there's stuff. Um, yeah. It, it, I, I think the point is, these detective novels are supposed to be kind of games, right? Like, the game is that the author has to sit there and basically tell you all the evidence so that you can just say, oh, based on this evidence, it's so-and-so. Like, that's their job right up front. But then the authors, the game for the, for, so the game for us is, can we figure out who, who killed the person? The game for the author is, can I throw in enough red herrings to where even though it's just sitting there right in front of their face, they question it all the way through to the end of the book. Like, that's the game. Yeah. And so in order to play the game fairly, the fact that there's a, you know, a bullet shell over here has to be made known to the reader as well as the, the detective in the novel, you know? Well, you, dude, you bring up a really good point because, like, the only way to play Monopoly correctly are to play by the rules of the game. And or to not like, play at all. <laughs> but, yeah, that's interesting. All right, rule number nine. The stupid friend of the detective, the Watson, must not conceal any thoughts which pass through his mind. His intelligence must be slightly, but very slightly, below that of the average reader. Did you write that? The, the one and two underneath? No, the f number nine. I didn't write it, no. That's his rule. <laughs> Which I've never, I've never read Sherlock Holmes and thought Watson was stupid. I know, even I was though Sherlock I was like, is. I thought Watson was a genius. 
Yeah, he's like that. He's like a super smart guy. Uh-oh, I guess I'm below. I guess I, he's slightly below the average reader. I'm well below the average reader because I thought he was smart. You I mean, what? sure, I thought. I knew Sherlock Holmes would always say, elementary, elementary, my dear Watson, which is kind of patronizing, but that's because that's Sherlock Holmes. He's kind of yeah. a jerk, but like. I mean, but I, I like this rule though. I think it's a good rule where the stupid friend of the detective must not conceal any thoughts which pass through his mind. Why is right. that a good rule? Because the game is between the detective and the reader, right? Okay. The author is the detective. He's the one that's working through things. The friend is there to make sure the detective and the reader all have the right information. So when he goes, Wait a second. He's wearing a funny looking hat. You know, that's for us all to be like, oh, why is he wearing a funny looking hat? Like he's not sitting there. Watson's not sitting there trying to figure out the murder. He's just sitting there taking in things and spitting out information. Dude, I'm the Watson. He's like a he's like a mintat from uh from Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, All right. let's make a detective movie and <laughs> and let's just make the sidekick of the detective just do the absolutely bare <laughs> dumbest dumbest thing the entire time. But every time he does something, it reveals what we need to know. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! Like he sits on a chair. He's, so he's like, a, he's like, like uh, stupid, stupid, like like Jerry from Parks and Rec. You know, like just like, oh my gosh! Like, so like the detective and the police officers are like all talking and they're interviewing people, and everyone's like really serious. But the friends like bored. And he's like, you know, messing with his toe on the ground. And he looked down and he's like wiping off the chalk outline from the body. You know, he's like just contaminating the, the scene just because he's bored, you know. But, but the detective sees the chalk on a shoe and then it clicks in his mind. He's like, the chalk, the chalk on the shoe, the chalk on the shoe. Oh. Right. Oh. Okay, this is farm. weird. This doesn't have. The one rule that I thought was most interesting. Um, okay, here's number 10. Twin brothers and doubles generally must not appear unless they have been duly prepared for them. So that rule is the if the guy has a twin, that has to be a very clear part of the story. Otherwise, obviously there's things to miss, right? Like you don't want him to have to intuit the fact that maybe there's some sort of lookalike or something like that that caused crime. However, there's a part of detective stories that didn't make this list. I thought it did. I thought I read it earlier. One rule, and this is the best rule I think I've heard of, is the closed room scenario. And it's kind of in the, um, the all the information the detective has has to be made available to us. But like, you need to have a crime scene where you can actually point out how it's not possible that anyone other than the people in this room could have committed the crime. Right? Like, um, yeah. like a clue, like the movie clue scenario or 
Right. Yeah. And so, like, we're watching this this British mystery movie called Death in Paradise, and it's uh, in the Caribbean islands, and it's detectives from London, and he's just solving crimes with his Caribbean police officers, and uh, this model dies during a, a, a fashion show backstage, and the detectives walked him through, and he's like looking at all the different stuff, and he goes out behind backstage, he goes, oh, there's a marsh there, so no one could have come this way. Right, so he's he's narrowing the scope of the world to this room to say, okay, whatever happened happened here. You know what I mean? It's a really interesting aspect. But all right, any, any last thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say, what was that movie with Christian Bale? It was like The Illusionist or something? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, one was called The Illusionist, and one was called. I don't know which one Christian Bale was in. There's also one that had um, Jennifer Beale and uh, Edward Norton. And I don't know what one of the. Anyway, I don't remember. Well, one that that movie. I'll never forget. It. My friend Brandon's like, dude, you got to see this movie with Christian Bale, dude. It's oh my gosh, it's so awesome. You'll never, you're never gonna see what's coming. It's just you got to watch it. And I watched it. First, like, 10 minutes of the movie, I knew exactly what happened. And you know why I knew exactly how that freaking movie was going to end? Because they didn't pay attention to this rule. Rule number 10. Twin brothers and doubles generally must not appear unless we have been duly prepared for them. By the way, there's a scene in that movie where Christian Bale's talking, and this dude walks up. And I was like, why is, why is Christian Bale dressed up as another dude all of a sudden? And then, like, I'm watching the movie, and he's like, dude, like, at the end, He's like, it's crazy, right? I'm like, yeah, it's, I, you know, I saw Christian Bale dressed up as another dude this whole time. Like, I've seen him like seven times, actually. I don't know why no one else has seen him. <laughs> he, why does Christian Bale keep dressing up as different people? No one knows anything about it. That was a really fascinating moral situation, though. I guess we're spoilers if you haven't seen this movie from, it might be 20 years old at this point. Yeah, I, I uh, but the whole is it okay to spoil the ending to people? Yeah, spoil it. I mean, I already so spoiled he it does. He's a, he's well, he player. but he's doing this. He's come up with this magic trick that basically the clones him, but the clone. But it's not just teleportation; it's a cloning thing, to where the clone, but the clone shows up like seventeen feet away, up ten feet, or something like that. So, so he makes it a sort of act where he gets cloned, and but he also drops, but it doesn't actually teleport, so he has to drop through the trap door, right? And then he shows up in the balcony, he gets a big hurrah, and and so what he does is he drops himself into a pot of water every night, and he drowns himself like that was. No. No. Yeah. What are you talking about? Did you not watch the movie? Dude, I think we're talking about two different movies. <laughs> this guy clone dude, they don't even this is like tech, they don't have technology to clone themselves at this time in this movie. All right. I'm gonna use the anyways. So okay, we might be talking about two different movies. So I'm gonna finish dude, we're talking about two and so the movies. final night. The final night, uh, 
No, it's the same movie. Because remember, there's the thing where he has to cut a guy's hand off because he didn't catch the bullet. He had to cut his finger off in order to look like the lookalike. Yeah, yeah, he, but but they weren't cloning. Each, there's no clones. They can't clone. They're like in. I think this is the same movie, dude. And then because Alfred is in it. Yeah, Alfred's it's a Christopher in Nolan it. movie. Alfred's in. <laughs> okay, so Christopher Nolan, he's so Hugh Jackman. No. Oh wait a second, <laughs> Hugh Jackman or? Are you? Christopher Nolan, Hugh Jackman, Steven Spielberg, Avatar, James Cameron. It's Hugh Jackman in this movie with Christian Bale. It's Hugh Jackman in the movie. No, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Christian Bale. Okay. So, wow, you should watch this movie. You'd probably right. like it a lot better. <laughs> Christian, I'm, I'm going to Google Christian Bale. Anyway, someone told the guy... Drowning is kind of like just falling asleep, and it's not a bad way to die. And so he he walks into this act every single night, ready to kill himself, so that he can have the clone who has all the memories of everything up on the balcony. And he shows up, and they go, "Wow, how'd he do it?" He, and then the very end, Alfred from Batman goes, "You know, you've actually been lied to." Apparently, drowning is one of the worst ways on earth to die. And he goes, uh, what? <laughs> it's fascinating. Maybe it, I, I, I don't think there's clones in this movie. It's <laughs> a twin brother. I don't think I are you. Is this a did you say the word? I don't think you watched the movie. I think you got so annoyed at the beginning. <laughs> Okay, let me see here. I got so annoyed. I saw seven different Christian Bales dressed up. I was like, why is there so many? <laughs> Dude, okay. I just went to my IMDb app and I searched IMDb. <laughs> IMDb. It's a period thriller. Oh, see, Illusionist is the Edward Norton one. I knew it. Shoot. And that's the clone one, right? Because... No, 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 no. I'm right about everything. You're wrong. Okay. Well, fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this, dude. I cannot believe the we're gonna end up fighting over this movie because I <laughs> <laughs> are there clones in the movie? Illusionist Prestige? is not right. You can't do illusionist in the movie Prestige. The Prestige. The Prestige, dude. As soon as I saw that second Christian Bale, I was like, what is going on in this movie where there's like the person... Okay. Oh, you're right. They are clones. <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, wait. Oh, there it is. There it is. That's the thing. The prestigious... Oh, my God. I guess I gotta rewatch the movie. There's clones? <laughs> so last night I made a comment to my wife about how here I am just sitting here right about everything and no one ever cares. And she goes, uh, what are you talking about? I go, baby, you know I'm always right about everything. And she goes, what specifically are you talking about right now that you're right about that no one cares? 
I go, it's so many things. I can't think of one right now. But well, here's one right here. I was right. <laughs> I was right right now. Okay. Uh, you might not be right. You might not be right. Just be ready to be wrong. I just don't know. How are they cloning people at this time? I don't get it. Science fiction. That's how. Okay. Well, okay. next week we should look Thank at you for taking my call, things. Mark. This has been fun. It really has. I, I cannot wait to see. It might be a three-hour-long. I don't know. That's yeah, we've too been long. going for a while. We were we were also talking. All right, before we go though, um, Garrett, this is a good. It's podcast. called the litter. What? This is a good podcast. What did you say? Good episode. Yeah, this has been fun. Literary life podcast. Listen to it if they give an opportunity to say how you heard about them. We won't be in the drop-down menu, but still yeah. find a way to say Garrett and Mark. Anchor uh, FM. I heard from this. Like, follow, subscribe, share, share. You know what? What did you say? Voicemail. Oh, and hey, if oh, yeah, you leave know a voice how to get out of a dinner party, let us know. If you know, yes, how to if you know how to get out of a dinner party. Yep. And uh, tag team gymnastics. That's gonna be fun. The yeah. Undoing. Mark's gonna watch The Undoing, hopefully, or maybe we won't ever do it at all. But talk to you later, man. Peace, love bro. you, bro. Love you too. And meeting for all.